is there anything you'd like to share before taking some questions? Uh, no, let's just go ahead and take the questions. Sure, yeah. Um, so Krishna Das. Andavats, uh, good morning, Guru Maharaj, nice to see you. Good morning. Um, so my question was regarding something I was wondering about Nityananda Prabhu um, in regards to um, in the Chaitanya Charitamrita and other sources, he's mentioned as having a complexion that's whitish like Balaram since he's not different from Balaram. But sometimes I've seen uh, in like instance of like Gornitai deities, for example, he's depicted with a golden complexion like Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And sometimes on the other end, I see Gauranitai deities that have uh, both of them with a uh, whitish complexion. So I guess I was wondering, is there some kind of specific significance behind uh, the kind of uh, difference in the way that they're depicted at times? And uh, you could explain that. No, I don't think so. I think there may be different uh, opinions or different descriptions by, by, by different authors. But um, overall, I think it's uh, fair to say they had a similar complexion. Uh, okay, that makes sense. Thank you. Yeah. Another question? Um, yeah, Sajan has a question. Nandavats Maharaj. In regarding the, uh, the story of Junior Haridas, um, I was saying uh, that it was not even his idea to go begging rice from Madhavi Devi. It was uh, Bhagavan Acharya who suggested that altogether. And so, and I've also heard or read somewhere that uh, I believe at the time when he went to beg the rice, Madhavi Devi was uh, perhaps old enough to be his grandmother. Um, so, and nonetheless, um, Mahaprabhu got some impression about his going there to beg that rice and uh, even at the imploring of his closest dearest associates um, even the god brother of uh, the, the god brother of his guru uh, Paramananda Puri um, asked him to please just kind of reconsider accepting Junior Haridas back to his association and and uh, Mahaprabhu's response was if you want him to be here he can come but then I will go away and you, none of you will see me again so I was just kind of a little curious as to whether you have insights or impressions yeah yeah the, the story for those who don't uh, aren't aware but uh, um, refers to Chodhari Das who was a younger uh, sannyasin um, and uh, begged rice from Madhavi, who was elderly, but was a lady nonetheless. And I think he begged it you know, for cooking from Appa or something to that effect. I mean, perhaps not, but hmm? yeah. I believe it was, it was, it was intended for Mahaprabhu, whether it was cooked by her or given from her, it was intended, of course, for, for Mahaprabhu and the, and the other devotees. And so when it was brought and Mahaprabhu uh, deduced that it had come from, uh, as it had from Madhavi, then he rejected um, Chodhari Das from his association. Eventually Chodhari Das uh, passed, uh, committed suicide. 
I think, in the, in the Ganga, because he couldn't get Chaitanya Mahaprabhu association. Of course, after that, Mahaprabhu gave him his darshan and brought him into his, his circle. So death is not as big of a thing as, as uh, we make it out to be. Um, <laughs> one point. But I think that um, the story there um, sounds harsh to us and for good reason. But I don't think that the Leela is really centered on the person of Chotahari Das any more than Chaitanya Mahaprabhu used him to establish a, a standard, a principle in the midst of sannyasins who were older than him, senior, and in the context also, this is his Acharya Leela where he's teaching by example, um, in the context of establishing the Gaudiya Sampradaya with all of its aesthetic sensibilities, its emotional sensibilities, um, in comparison, for example, to the Mayavad tradition, which is about doing away with emotions and it's, it's, it's a doctrine of knowledge rather than love. There's no interaction in transcendence. Um, there are no transcendental emotions as there are when Mahaprabhu was chanting and dancing and Banaras, then Prakasananda Saraswati said, what's this, Sanyasi doesn't do this, you know, this is for ordinary people, chanting, singing, dancing, and, and so forth. Um, so it was a novel idea, if you will. Vaishnavism, of course, was, was out and about, and it, and it had its differences from um, Shankar's tradition, which was very, which is a powerful tradition. But, um, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's uh, Vaishnavism is particularly emotional with the Sattvika Bhavas. I mean, the, the whole description of the land of Vrindavan, it's a land of every movement is, is, is ecstasy and so forth. So at any rate, um, there he was in Puri. Puri is one of the main um, uh, moths, monasteries of Shankar and the, the, the Brahmins in that sect the uh, smartas they take care of the deity and so on and so forth and these sannyasis were coming to chaitanya mahaprabhu um, and arguably they got many of them sannyas from the shankar sampradaya um, and um, here was chaitanya mahaprabhu as a young sannyasi which itself was controversial it's not typical that uh, such a young person young man will Except Sanyasa, Sarvabhoma himself took exception to this and and uh, tried to remedy it by teaching Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Found him. So all these circumstances, uh, given that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is seeking to establish that those who are meditating on Radha and Krishna and are emotional, as a result of that, um, they are as much or more capable of being very strict in relation to the sannyasa dharma, um, which is what the um, sannyasins from the Shankar Sampradaya, they, they pride themselves in, and for good reason in, 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 in many respects, sense control and, and so on. The Goswamis did something similar, uh, as Pujapachudamars used to say, that their extreme standards of 
renunciation like that of Raghunath Das Goswami are not something that they're teaching that we should do, but they're, they're they were demonstrating at the time that their doctrine of Vedanta um, is as deep or more, indeed more, than uh, the, I the penetration into transcendence that's uh, idealized by the, by the Shankarites. That's all about giving up the negative, giving up the negative, giving up the negative. But the bhakti conception of mukti is swarupena bhavastiti, giving up the negative and attaining you know, the, the positive. And, so, and the positive can be misconstrued, misunderstood readily. It is even today, um, even amongst members of the, of, the, of the Gaudiya community and so forth. So I think it's an instance in which he was laboring, if you will, to set an example of um, how the very idea of Krishna Bhakti and the emotional world of transcendence is, uh, includes within it a standard of renunciation that is absolute, complete. And so with regard to the sannyas, sannyasins are supposed to give up interaction with the uh, with the opposite sex uh, and they're supposed to be transgender uh, transcendental transcendental if you go that that they've copped the opt-in that's a cultural appropriation they've taken the word from us uh it should be <laughs> you know, against the, the transgender community well, but we are the true trans well the Gaudiya sannyasins are the true transgender in terms of uh, gender, gender uh, distinctions and so forth. Um, so, and, and, and of course, um, with that, um, the idea was of uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu that someone in that order of life who naturally will, will be regarded and, and uh, will um, um, be someone to whom one can pose questions, get guidance, and so on and so forth, would stand out kind of like a sore thumb in a, amongst many white-clad uh, men. Uh, someone in, a, in, a, in red cloth or saffron stands out, right? Um, so that was the idea of Mahaprabhu taking sannyas. But if that should be questioned, the character in any way of the sannyasi, then, then there's such a... Um, problem for the community. So he was extremely setting a very strict standard going, going from, from going forward. And by his example, I think he'd be drawn on for the community that if someone is going to be a sannyasin and, and, and as such a spiritual leader, that they have to be above um, suspicion. Otherwise, well, it's, it's a great uh, recipe for um, um, problems, um, uh, faith crises, and, and so on and so forth. So I just think he was using him as an example. And the end result, of course, we see that he didn't reject him at all, and accepted him into his fold. And um, after his uh, um, passing and so forth. So I don't think it was directed personally. Um, and there are other examples where Mahaprabhu showed extreme standards that made these old sannyasis like Paramananda Puri and Keshava Bharati like tremble like whoa and this is you know <laughs> this is one of the opulences of Bhagwan uh, renunciation Aishvarya Samagasya Bhiriya Sya Yasha Shastriya Jnana Bhairaga 
by Garg as one of the six um, um, opulences in Mahaprabhu showed this opulence in extreme, extreme. And I think this is just an example of his, his, his um, showing that um, extreme by which he should be understood to be who, you know, who, who he is. No, no one could be better, a better sannyasin. So I think that is basically what, what, what the Leela is about. And, and then again, of course, it's being told by Krishna Skabaraj, who may have, you know, tweaked it a little bit to, to make the point hmm, that, I'm, that I'm making, which I think resonated at the time, given the culture, the circumstances, and so forth, perhaps more than it will now, although what I'm saying applies now, and we have seen examples of how when the spiritual uh, leaders, if you will, sannyasas become compromised in terms of moral character well it's it's a great uh, um, crisis for the, for the for the community thank you another question um uh krishna chaitanya that's a question All right, I mean, just back to that, to Sajjan's questions again. I mean, the, it's the very extremes in the in Mahaprabhu's reaction to that that are that are to be noted. Why is it so extreme? It's it's abnormal. Abnormal. We, we actually react like that. Hmm? So therefore, right. you tend to take the extra, extreme as being something that is is being done for a purpose. Hmm? Um, otherwise, normally, uh, that wouldn't be the kind of reaction. Oh, yeah, oh, he, this is what happened. Or, or, you know, these are the circumstances. So to make an extreme out of that, it makes it, it, makes it kind of weird. Like, well, how could he be like, you know? But yeah, exactly. The extremity itself is, um, is uh, something it, it, it is what's to be taken note of as, as uh, that it, it must be something else involved here for it to be so extreme. And it is the point that he's trying to make in a larger context. Yes, Krishna Chaitanya. Um, good morning. Yesterday, uh, you were mentioning the verse that said that there was no service too intimate for Subal to perform. And also, you mentioned that I think the Priyanarama Sakas were not burdened by um, being attracted to girls or where that may would cause a trouble for their service. And I'm just uh, wondering, someone sang the song Radha Krishna Prana Mora yesterday, uh, which talks about serving Radha Krishna by garlands and um, there's various different ways in the kunja. Um, watch out. Um, I'm just wondering where the um, ha how far does the intimate service of the Priyanarma Saka go and generally would they be involved in something like this song Radha Krishna Prana Mora depicts? Uh huh. Um, 
the point is made in, in the verse that I cited that um, there's no service that um, uh, just see the Adhikar, the eligibility of Subal, there's no service that is too intimate for him to participate in. Um, and the context of that, what Rupa Goswami says, that's the like the concluding line, just see. So what is being seen? What, what Leela is being described to illustrate that point, right? There's a, there's a Leela in the verse that's described. And the point of it is the conclusion of Rupa Goswami is, wow, just see the eligibility of Subal. There's, there's, there's nothing that he can't be involved in. And the, the, the Leela that is described is uh, uh, Radha and Krishna intimately um, um, in, 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 in embrace um, um, and the description therein of the condition of Radha and Krishna, the, the, the measure of their intimacy is exaggerated, hyperbole is, is used hmm? um, to describe the intimacy in order to underscore the point. In other words, um, well, um, anyway, I think you understand. So uh, 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 it's, it's not hyperbole, that is to say, that we're just exaggerating it when we say there's no service that, that Subal can't participate in. No, the hyperbole is used to emphasize the point. There's no service that's too intimate for Subal to take part in. Here's Radha and Krishna, and we're gonna exaggerate even their, their condition and say, even in an exaggerated condition that we're making, he has eligibility, eligibility to participate therein. He's fanning them hmm? as they, perspire and, and if it's, I think a bit, if the, the beloved Radha should get up and leave, he'll go in after her and, and bring her back and just, just see. So um, this is an, um, you know, an, an, an example. Now this is not like the necessarily like everyday affair or so forth, but uh, such as the, uh, their, their uh, um, his presence is, is not an inhibiting factor. Now, that doesn't mean to say that, that whatever, um, that there aren't roles hmm, for the different devotees and different babas that they will um, uh, <clears throat> um, play out and their limitations in the roles in one sense, but, um, and therefore, you might not find uh, a pre doing something because of the role that that uh, Baba plays, but still the Adhikar, may, Adhikar the eligibility may exceed that. Um, but with regard to particular your question, yes, that uh, uh, that. Um, is certainly something that um, would uh, uh, be prohibitive in Narmasaka. Uh, of course, typically the Narmasaka will garland Krishna and the, and the Manjari will, or the, the Saki will 
Garland rather, but um, yeah, no, um, uh, they have um, Brian Armasakas. Um, a uh, considerable role in the um, bringing together, I want to say, of Radha and Krishna and, and celebrating that, which is basically what that, that song was about. Does that help? Yeah, I mean, if you take the example in the verse that I'm citing, you, 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 you know, it's obvious that, uh, that's the point that's being made. What else? Thank you. Uh, Gayatri has a question. Okay. Hey, Krishna Krumaraj. Um, so I keep hearing uh, her screen kind of froze up uh, for me. I can't. I can't hear her. Can, can you hear me now? Yes. Okay. Um, I keep hearing uh, and reading that we are to just surrender to Krishna. But can you give some practical advice? Because it's one thing thinking to surrender, but how do we actually surrender to Krishna? Well, I wouldn't get too caught up in that. Um, in, 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 in terms of it being some type of dilemma or uh, creating some kind of psychological you know, problem or something like that, I think you have to understand the goal and understand how high it is and understand where you are in it and incrementally you know, approach um, the goal. Um, we often hear about the ideal, the goal, high standards of surrender. I mean, I could cite examples of very elevated Sharanagatas, surrendered devotees and how they act, and then you'd run away. <laughs> uh, because, uh, you know, it wouldn't be possible for you to do that. So I think we have to do that within the context of where we are and, and uh, with some psychological balance, awareness of our limitations, um, and so like we could emphasize, well, be a Sharanagata, you know, you could become a sannyasi. People run off and become sannyasis. And, but they're not, they've heard that, they've gone for that. They've tried to kind of buy it with the credit card. And then they realize later on down the road, they don't have the money to actually pay the balance. And it's a problem. So, um, you know, we live in that kind of a society like, okay, that sounds good. Let's get it now. I think we can put it on our card, you know, sure. Well, uh, Krishna Prem. Okay, I think I'll get some. Yeah, I, you know, but then uh, so uh, I'll, I'll run off and be a young a, a lady sannyasa, and I'll, I'll, I'll you know immediately go. Well, that's probably not going to work out very well. Um, so it's important, and Bhakti Thakur has said that the true beauty is to understand the measure of one's eligibility, and for that, of course, we can seek advice. You know, in the typical and the broad sense eligibility is, well, should I be a householder or should I be, you know, uh, a, a renunciate? Hmm? And we go back, the boys go back and forth in their head about this. And we advise us, it's not good. If, you, if, you, if that's what's going on, back and forth, back and forth, then uh, the answer is uh, stay where you are. 
<laughs> for example, as a householder. Um, um, of course, you know, these days it could be, should I just be single or should I get in a relationship? But, you know, those are things that, that, that there's other ways to measure that hmm, and come to a conclusion about that without putting it in the framework of whether it's surrendered or not. If I think, well, if I've really surrendered, then, you know, why would I need to have a partner? I could just go and live in a temple, you know? And serve. You wouldn't have to be a sannyasi or a sannyasin, but you could just be a dedicated brahmacharini, you know. Uh, and so, I, I don't think that you should put it in that kind of a question. Should necessarily be put in that framework of whether what what it constitutes to be surrendered or more surrendered or less surrendered. Rather, whether I should be single or be in a relationship is something I should work out based on. Well, how do you react emotionally? to being single is it fine do you find that you're lonely and well you shouldn't be lonely because krishna is there well you know he may be there but <laughs> but uh he's not showing himself right now so are you you, you know do you suffer from loneliness do you suffer from want of com camaraderie um uh some intimacy and so forth and this gets in the way of your practice you know so the, the, even even practice side, I mean, um, you know, there, there's a there's a lot to be said for any person to think out. Well, should I be in it with a partner or not? There there are pluses and minuses, and you have to kind of gauge your own emotional um, and psychological nature, you know, to to come to a conclusion about that. You know, to put it in the framework of whether I, this is more surrendered or less surrendered. So, so know yourself is important to know yourself is important um and it's important in terms of where you want to go so i often say if you want to go vertically up very high you have to have a very you know considerable uh horizontal foundation because if the horizontal foundation is not broad enough well the building is going to go up and, and and fall over so acquaintance with one's own self now you know you take um People in India, for example, we, you know, this has been transplanted, this culture. So in the culture where it appears, um, the pro this problem exists, but maybe not to the same extent. Hmm. I mean, an Indian couple can go to a lecture where, emphasize, where renunciation is emphasized over and over again to many lectures and never think of, of they should, that they should renounce the, their, their family life. And, and so on and so forth. It, 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 they're able to di digest, yes, it's the ideal, but it's too high for me. And so I just serve the person and they, they, they will think like that. We will think, well, that's just actually, it's like, I guess I just leave everything and go, you know? So, um, so anyway, I'm rambling a bit about it, but um, then of course, you know, you can always ask, you know, senior Vaishnavas, Vaishnavis, your guru, if something in particular um, is um, of concern with regard to uh, Sharanagati. But, um, you know, basically, again, uh, Sharanagati means it, it, that's the word for surrender, it's sixfold. Hmm? So you've probably heard this before. 
accept what's favorable, reject what's unfavorable. That's a that's a quite a bit to digest right there. Um, so we try to do that. We we and the, and the simple way in which we do that. Hmm, it may not be that simple, but the simple way, instead of extrapolating upon it, what does it mean in every circumstance? Well, the simple way is, is, is it, at the time of initiation, we make a commitment. Hmm? And so our sharanagati, then, our surrender would be to live up to the commitment. The, the, the spirit behind this limb of sharanagati, uh, sankalpa, um, accepting the favorable, rejecting the unfavorable. So the spirit behind this is vow, Bhakti notes this, and a promise, a commitment. So we make a commitment. I'm going to chant this many rounds and I'm going to avoid these things, for example. So one should, you know, practically speaking, one should focus on that. I made, this is my commitment. And, and, that is a huge step in being a Sharanagata. Then as time goes on and we develop more standing in Vaishnavism, then we, we, we see for ourselves other things can be left aside. You, you use your reasoning, is this helping me? Is this hurting me? You, you look at a thing that you like to do and then you look at the end result when you do it. Is, 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 did, it did it measure out in terms of your anticipation of what it would be like? Uh, or did it end up, hmm, actually, it's not. Um, and, you know, with, with common sense and experience um, in these things, in other words, now we have a framework to look at our life and our experiences and make evaluations hmm, that we didn't otherwise. We have another framework. So we see that some, we have a habit or something that we, we, we like. And then we have, we reason about it. We start to think, is this helping me? You know, in terms of what I want to do. And is it even fulfilling as it's made out to be, for, for example, or I've thought it was in my mind. And I find out, you know, because now I have another framework to look at it within, it's not. And so with regard to renunciation, for example, well, you know, the leaves fall from the tree at a certain point that has to grow, pass through a season. Um, and so now that said, renunciation and sharanagati are, you know, not entirely synonymous, but if there's an aspect of it, because accepting the favorable, rejecting the unfavorable is, is, is a step obviously in, in that direction. Then the other aspects of Sharanagati are to uh, you know think of Krishna as one's uh, maintainer. So you know you have to meditate on that. Krishna's maintaining me, and then try to see the ways, and then you grow in terms of that. Uh, and uh, uh, humility, um, so it's, it's sixfold. So you, you you look at them all. Bhakti Vinod Thakur has written songs about each of the limbs of Sharanagati in his book, songbook called Sharanagati. So you can uh, sing the songs of Bhakti Vinod Thakur, learn them, learn, or learn the English at least, and uh, you know, meditate on being a, uh, being a Sharanagata, but don't get all, um, waste a lot of mental energy, hmm, if you will, on, worrying about 
am I being uh, am I surrendered? Uh, uh, I mean, this is it. Uh, you, hold, you raise up your hands. Okay, I surrender. Hare Krishna. That's your anagati. That's what it means to be surrendered. Enter the kirtan. Lift up your arms. I, I give up. Hmm. It, I can't do it myself. So those are some thoughts. I hope that helps. Yes, thank you so much, Guru Raj. <laughs> okay. Are you still okay. in Sweden? What was it? I asked Arthur, are you still in Sweden? No, I uh, I am in Gainesville, Florida now at Fish House. Okay. Is there another question? Yeah, um, it's in Spanish from Kadamba, so I'll definitely need Sean, Sean Sunder's help. Okay. Can you rephrase it yourself in your own words? What, what you mean? Yeah. All right, so she wants me to comment on that. Can you repeat the question? Um, because uh, uh, sometimes people can't hear Sean. Um, the question is that, uh, that it, it, and it, it's a question actually that uh, Krishna himself uh, brings up in a statement to the gopis. Krishna asks the gopis indulgence because they're exclusively fixated on him, but he, on the other hand, has to tend to many different devotees and reciprocate with them. So he can't give himself exclusively to them, whereas they give themselves exclusively to him, he says. And uh, therefore he makes an apology and this is in the height of the Rasalila and um, of course out of that moment comes the Gaurlila where Krishna tries to make up for it. Now that said, um, it's important to emphasize the measure of the gopis' love and so forth. Um, but in reality, we see the measure of their love and surrender is played out in the leela itself. Um, but as sadhakas, everyone does the same. Thing. They may, of course, meditate on different leelas and so on and so forth, but what they have to do to attain their ideal um, is basically the same. Hmm? It's not that the, a cowherd boy is less surrendered uh, than, than a gopi. Hmm? Um, in fact, um, the statement that I 
paraphrased of Krishna, the Rasalila is also a paraphrase. It's also mentioned by Krishna in the, in the, in the Kaliya Lila in relation to his, uh, his friends. Um, um, where he, he speaks in, in, in a similar way. You've given up everything to, you know, um, to uh, be with me and, and so on and so forth. So um, this is point is that this is Krishna's position um, in almost in relation to every devotee in one sense. Um, and in other words, every devotee is exclusively fixated on Krishna and gives their all and all to Krishna. And meanwhile, Krishna has to tend to other different devotees. So really, it's not exclusive only to um, Madhurya Rasa or to, to um, Radha's Bhav. So in a broad sense, this is a statement about devotion in general, in which Krishna is saying, I am indebted to my each and every one of my devotees hmm, who give themselves exclusively to me hmm, in different bhavas relative to their association and their nature, you could say. Um, um, and the way in which Bhagwan wants to accept service from them, every devotee in Vaikuntha and Goloka, all these differentiations of higher and lower hmm, these are all Sanatana Goswami makes the point uh, emphatically in Brihad Bhagavatamrita relative to the world of spiritual practice, hmm? not in that realm. In that realm and transcendence, everyone feels uh, uh, equally satisfied and there's no hierarchy. Hmm? There's no hierarchy there. Hierarchy is made for, for sadhana and and so according to your ideal, then there's ways to emphasize that as if it's the best. <laughs> so that you're going to be enthused to, you know, to take it up. So there's reasoning that can be invoked in support of any ideal being superior. So some reasoning may appear better than other. We may have a reasoning why Gaudiya Vaishnavism is the best, but the Ramanujas, they have their reasoning why, you know, um, uh, reverence for Narayan is, is best and so on and so forth now um, so, so anyway this is all for the realm of, of uh, sadhana in, in, indeed if, if we were to look at uh, from the other side the people of Vrindavan don't feel that they're the best they, they feel that if, if a rishi like Narad should come in their midst they're all putting pranams to him he's a great devotee we're just village people and so forth. So they don't feel, they don't feel that way. Um, but um, uh, so each ideal is uh, perfect and requires a giving entirely of, of, of oneself. That's what, uh, uh, what, what Prem is. And there are different kinds of Prem. And uh, while Krishna reciprocates with each and every devotee, each and every devotee is exclusively fixated only on Krishna. So I think that's the broad way, you know, to look at this. And Krishna's making a statement in the Rasa Leela, the one that you refer to, um, uh, to the gopis and emphasizing, you know, they're, they've given up their families, they've given up 
uh, uh, they risked their reputation and so on and so forth and exclusively fixed on him. And meanwhile, he has his mother to deal with, his friends to deal with, his cows and so on and so forth. They're different. But again, it applies across the board. Hmm? Um, such as Krishna's position and such as the devotee's position. In the case of uh, Ras Lila, where Krishna's making this point, he's speaking to the, to, um, to the gopis and their love and explaining the details of what they had to go through hmm, to come in the middle of the night. But it's just illustrating in one sense a point hmm, that the devotees give everything to Krishna, each devotee, but Krishna has to give to each and every devotee. Of course, that's his capacity, you know, philosophically speaking. That's, he, he can do that. Hmm, that. That's what the difference between himself and ourselves. So does that give rise to any further questions or comments on the part of Kadamba or anyone else? Like maybe Krishna's revealing himself more to different devotees, one devotee than another, but that, that's what that devotee wants to see in Krishna, that side. He wants to participate with that side, that aspect of Krishna. Um, so, okay. I wanted to say something. I don't know if there's any other questions, but I wanted to say something about an issue that uh, uh, has come up and I've been exploring a little bit, and, and that is. Uh, with regard to how to observe uh, holy days, for example, the Vishnu Tattva appearances and days in particular. And should there be fasting? Should there be fasting from grains entirely, timings, this, that, and the other thing. And um, this came up recently to me because a devotee wanted from another Sangha wanted to attend uh, our Baladev Purnim and um, found out that we offered grains to the deity on that day and partook of them. And so he or she decided not, not to come on that basis because in her sangha or his sangha, I would assume it was taught that strictly speaking, you cannot eat grains on Balaram's appearance day. Um, so um, I, um, What's always um, stood out in my mind was a statement of Bhaktivinoda. I think he maybe makes it in Chaitanya Shikshamrita that, um, that fasting and dietary concerns are not the essence of spiritual practice. So he gives some relativity to that. Um, in his um, um, another book of his, uh, I can't remember the name now, um, where he's speaking about modernity and how to think of the, and, and relativity within scripture and so on and so forth. Um, name, name's not coming to me, important book, but um, he makes the point that, oh, here it's in, in, in a certain Quran, it's mentioned that you shouldn't eat uh, this on this, 
occasion during this period or something. I said, this is relative to someone in South India who uh, sensibility that's it's put into into the into the text here. Um, and so the implication being it wouldn't apply in other circumstances where it doesn't grow on that, you know, you have to offer this, you know, uh, in the spring, let's say, you know, uh, and or you can eat this in the spring. Um, but it doesn't apply somewhere else. It's there's some he uses anyway, something like this effect as an example um, to illustrate the point that there are some relative relative considerations in the scripture. There's other ways to make that point. Um, um, Sami makes the point by saying some Puranas are written for the Tamaguna, some for those in the Satvaguna, some the Rajaguna. So there's also obviously relativity. Um, so um, at any rate, with regard to fasting and dietary concerns, there's some relativity. So there are statements made in the scripture about them, uh, but then they're not absolutes is the point. Hmm? Um, so this overriding, overarching kind of point has always uh, kind of stuck out for me and been kind of a guidance um, in this regard. Now, that said, um, another feature of this, of course, is that Prabhupada came to uncharted, you know, waters, uh, to breaking new ground outside of India, bringing Gaudiya Vaishnavism. And he had a particular standard in, um, in ISKCON. Uh, and basically his standard was that uh, on Gaur Purnima and Janamastami, we would fast, um, up until midnight and moonrise respectively for the two occasions. And the breakfast would be an Akadasi breakfast. Whereas on other Vishnu appearance days like Nashinga Chaturdasi, Ram Naomi and so forth, um, then the devotees would take, uh, would, would, would fast, uh, and break the fast when it was said in scripture, if it was, um, uh, what the time was when the avatar appeared. What time did Nishringadeva appear? Well, at dusk. What time did Ramchandra appear? And so, so the feast would be broken then, but it, but it would be a, a full feast with grains and so forth, uh, rather than just an ecodicy. So that became the standard in Iskand and Prabhupada course was traveling around the world the first time and how to this observance of these events is an observance of a titia so a particular time mm -hmm. and you'd have to calculate it in each particular place when is the exact so that there, there it's a ritual so there's an exact way if you will to follow it to get the full benefit out but it largely pertains to bar it mm -hmm and other parts of the, of, of the world, well, it may be more difficult to observe uh, the titi. And in Prabhupada's time, he didn't take the time to try to observe that. He thought, well, if it's a codice today in India, well, it's a today in New York. It's a codice, if it's John Masmi today in uh, Calcutta, it's John Masmi today in Buenos Aires, you know? And, he, and it would be uh, observed like that. With, with regard to many other rituals as well, Prabhupada was like, ritual light. I'll give you an example. When he installed the Krishna Balaram deities in Vrindavan, which is a big, big, big event, 
uh, was a huge event for many reasons. In Vrindavan it was uh, a big event here was Prabhupada with all his Western disciples and they had a temple and there was worship of the deity and and so, which is thought this is the Brahmins, these are Maleches, and he, but they were being accepted. And it was a big bet. So it was a three-day ritual. Three days it went on. But there were all type of arrangements. Brahmins were enchanting different mantras and yagyas going on and so forth. And every now and then there was a, a function for the Acharya and Prabhupada would come out and put a tulsi leaf and go back to his room and so forth. And when it was all over, Prabhupada chuckled and said, Actually, by our kirtan, everything was complete. Mm -hmm. By Hare Krishna kirtan, the whole thing, I just did, everything else was for show because they thought this was all necessary and so on and so forth. Now, all those rituals are nice. They're important. They're very good. But the ability to practice, to perform them and do them precisely, mm -hmm. which is part of the requirement, is not so easy. Qualified Brahmins who can oversee and do... A, 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 uh, the, the, the ritual work, uh, acts, um, uh, you know, tuned into that and so forth, are hard to find in Kali Yuga. In fact, Kali Yuga is characterized by the corruption of the Brahminical class. Hmm? Mahaprabhu um, and Nityananda Prabhu, they really... Uh, Nityananda in particular replaced all ritual with one ritual that everyone could participate in. Nam Sankirtan is very much like the Prabhupada, his faith in Hari Nam and the efficacy of chanting. You know, you don't chant Hare Krishna Maha Mantra as you know, to seal the wedding vow. You know, that's not like in the book. You know, okay, in one hand, you're going to get married now. Now, now we do Nam Sankirtan. Hmm? But Prabhupada would say, if Nam Sankirtan is there, that's all done. And there's good reasoning to this, if you will. And that's not to dismiss those rituals, and they're important, but the extent to which we can do them precisely and get the desired result is questionable in general. And it's questionable for us, who are many of us born outside of Varnashram, even people born inside Varnashram, well, they're, 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 the whole system suffers from a, from a corruption of the Brahminical class and so forth, as it's stated in the Bhagavatam. So, um, uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was described as the Yuga Avatar in Bhagavatam and the, and, and the way of worshiping him, the yagya, the sacrifice uh, that will be, um, um, by which you'll be worshiped is, is, is Nam Sankirtan. Mm -hmm. So, we don't want to dismiss any of these rituals, but the ability to follow them exactly, precisely, and get the desired result is is questionable. Now, it's said uh, in some scriptures that, well, if you don't follow the fast, for example, on Ram Novmi, hmm, and uh, which would mean only to break the fast, if at all, uh, without taking grains, then you won't get the fall, the full fruit. Hmm? You won't get the full fruit of that ritual. So you might not get the full fruit, but you get some of it. <laughs> if you're observing Ram Nomi, worshiping Ram, chanting his name, reading about him uh, on the day, you're certainly gonna get some fruit. You may not get the full fruit. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so I was very impressed when I looked into this recently. I thought, well, you know, 
let me let me look into this a little bit. And of course, I looked. I know what Prabhupada did, so I looked at what Pujapada uh, Sridharmarsh did, Guru Marsh. And uh, first place I looked is the calendar for the Chaitanya Saraswat Mop here in in California, in SoCal, which is you know about four hours from us, south. So on their calendar, they had. The, the, you know, the Sringa Chaturdasi is on this day, Ram Nomi is on this day, Gorpunim here, Nityananda Prabhu here, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, and, and, and they followed exactly the way Prabhupada did. Hmm? Only fasting from grains on Janamastami and Gorpunim. Hmm? Otherwise, they were offering full feasts and so forth. And so from this, I was, I, I understood, uh-huh, Govinda Maharaj, is the successor of Pujapachita Marsh. When he came to the United States and other parts, he simply said, Swami Marsh did like this, we would do like this. Mm -hmm. And I was very inspired by that, actually. I thought, okay, yeah, that, that's very Gobinda Marsh-esque, um, who had a lot of faith in Prabhupada, grew up you know, knowing Prabhupada because Chita Marsh was, was living in Prabhupada's apartment. Um, he had two apartments, so uh, the one next to his. Um, was given the Shri Marsh for, I think, maybe six or seven years, and Guru Marsh joined at that time, so he knew Prabhupada very well, and, and he was, he, he knew, I'm coming to America, I'm going to preach, and practically I'm going to be meeting all of Prabhupada's disciples, or the momentum coming from his mission that brings people who wouldn't come otherwise, and, you know, um, so Swami Marsh did like this, we will do like that, mm -hmm. and so that, that was very, I thought that was very not only charming, but profound. Hmm? Now, one could make an argument that, well, Swami Maharaj Prabhupada did like this, but now we can calculate the Titi more exactly for Chicago and New York and Detroit and Santa Cruz and LA. And, and, and so therefore we should upgrade the observance. And so you try to conform more and more with the ritual. Uh, uh, it's, it, it, itself well you know something an argument could be made for that um but i don't think it's essential mm -hmm. Prabhupada certainly himself was not observing that way and he, he didn't teach us to and it, i feel like it didn't harm me <laughs> uh, so so there's 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 something to be said for that you know for someone like Prabhupada who did something that is probably will never be repeated in Gaudiya Vaishnava, a certain chapter of the history of Gaudiya Vaishnava. Wow, that's a, stand, a standout chapter. Uh, there are many wonderful things that have been done before and many wonderful things will be done afterwards that were, are equally wonderful, but the actual details of that is, is it's, it's its own thing. And it, um, I just found that 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 reasoning of Guru Maharaj, as I understood it, to be very um, um, appropriate, uh, if you will. Um, now, uh, if you come from another mob, like uh, let's say the uh, you know next door <laughs> to the Sri Chaitanya Saraswati is the Devanandar Govi Math, founded by. Uh, Pujapad, uh, Bhakti Prabhupada, and Keshav Maharaj. And so they followed, you know, more strictly. Uh, uh, oh, I should say also, and I looked at, then I looked at the calendar of the Chaitanya Saraswat Math in Bengal, West Bengal, how they followed 
And they, I noticed, they also was, well, on the Shringa Chaturdasi, they didn't need grants. On Ramnomi, they did. Radhasmi, they did. Radhasmi, that's another thing. That's Shakti Tattva. We're talking about Vishnu Tattva. There's no, there's no necessity for Shakti Tattva for, for, for such observance. But one can, and there is something in one process. If you fast, if you fast, Vaishnava is one who fasts from, you know, on, on, on Radhasmi. There are other statements in the, that define Vaishnavas in one way or another in the scriptures, and uh, and it, it's not the, the sum and substance, if you will, of what uh, defines them. So uh, the point I'm making over this is of relativity to this. Um, argument can be made, uh, like I said, in Devananda Gaudimath, they do a certain way. So when represented the Devananda Gaudimath, one like Bhaktivedanta Narayan Marj, came to the West, then he implemented, you know, what, what was done um, in his mission in the West without consideration of the fact that he was in the West or it was done differently by Prabhupada. And a lot of his disciples are very um, much like kind of very um, strict about fasting from this or that or not eating this, not eating tomatoes on these days or spinach on that month or this and, and so on. Um, I, I don't think it's bad for them to do that, but I, I think that that there's is a good measure of relativity to this that should be understood, and they have every right inspired to follow you know the way they've been taught. But to see that others follow in a different way, that person who didn't want to come to our festival because they were going to eat grains didn't have to eat grains themselves. They could have come, <laughs> heard the kata, and taken advantage, and 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 we would have you know happily um, given them. Ekadasi uh, Prashad, you know, for, for the day. So I think that um, for us as a standard, I, I should say one other thing there, there is, you could, that Prabhupada had, to some extent, he had two standards. One standard is what he did in the West, another standard that if in India it was done like this and it would cause a controversy, if his mission didn't do it, then he would do it like they did. Hmm? So uh, it was not like it's done in India like this, so this is the real way to do it. And unless you do it like this, there's a problem. And Prabhupada couldn't, you know, uh, uh, institute everything because his disciples weren't surrendered enough. They had to have chapatis, you know, on the Shringa Chatur. You know, th this is not what was going on. It was more that Prabhupada thought there's relativity. Because we can do this way, that way. They over here, there they'll find fault if we don't like to do it like this. So we'll we'll do it like that. Um, so I think that um, uh, for our mission, we should follow the same policy. And um, if someone wants to fast entirely or fast only from grains on Vishnu appearance days, and some Vishnu appearance days on some of the calendar, I, I looked at another Gaudi Mahathas, another one, I forget the name of it now, and their mission was centered in Puri, another offshoot, if you will, of Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasthakur, and they had also, it was kind of relative hmm, how they did it hmm, on some, some Vishnu, uh, Appearance days, they were eating grains. Some they weren't. So, um, so uh, it's not that we have a lot of temples in, in in our mission, but we 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 have we observe the festivals and and according to your own um, sensibilities, there are different ways it can be followed. But I would um, recommend that we follow what Prophet did. In, in 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 the West, unless the group of devotees is inspired to do otherwise, in another, then 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 they, then they can do. But um, 
there will be nothing lacking or any loss if we follow um, the uh, example of Prabhupada and the Chaitanya Saraswati Mata as it's manifest in other parts of the um, Western world. So I wanted to make some point about that. I discussed it with Padmanamaraj, I discussed it with Brigu from who, Pad, who was uh, translating the Hari Bhakti Vilas and what's said there. I, I also threw uh, Bhakti uh, Sri Mahadamaraj, talked with some of the Goswamis at the Radharaman uh, temple, um, who have a good standard of ritual. And, and uh, for my research, this is, this is what I came to. So I wanted to share it with, with all of you. And uh, somebody says here, Adi Gagni Prana, such a great point. Thank you so much, Dandavatsam Argentina. Not sure what you're talking about, but um, the book is not Hindu Encounter with Modernity that I was speaking about. So the book, of course, that's found in that book. You're right. Um, the part about Bhakti Vinod's um, speaking about relativity and, and scripture and giving an example from South India, but he's referring to a book of Bhakti Vinod, um, famous book, I can't remember the name. And uh, Chaitanya Saraswati was the first ashram that served chocolate. Guru Maharaj, I think Somebody it's Krishna Samhita you are referring. Krishna said. <laughs> okay, Manangopal says, we have had the same dilemmas okay. in our song, in our house for Janamastami with different sanghas coming together. We offered grains and grainless prashad for the feast at midnight or earlier if devotees needed and with the spirit of honoring however anyone feels appropriate to fast or feast or break the fast. Yes. Yane says, Bhakti Thakur says in one song, Jiva Doya Krishnanam Sarva Dharma Sar. Yes, I don't know how that relates. Um, Sri Krishna Samhita, yes, Sakirati's offer. That is the book that I'm. Bhakti Vinod, the title of which escaped me for the moment. Thank you. So we've gone over time, but um, um, glad I had a chance to speak with all of you, and hopefully we'll get together again next week. Over, Premanandi. Bye. Thank you. Bye.